Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up. And I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon. And you should, too, at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And of course, you know Mo is here. Hey, everybody. I'm last again. <laughs> you're, you're, you're last, last again. again. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make everybody happy, can you? Oh, my. <laughs> Today, shopping malls are struggling to keep their doors open, but a few decades ago, they were booming. To many kids who grew up in the 70s and 80s, the mall was a favorite hangout and entertainment center a cafeteria, even a date night destination. In this episode, our parents have dropped us off at the front entrance where we'll start reminiscing about the Generation X mall experience. Mm -hmm. Before we dive into all of that nostalgia, it is time for some fourth listener correspondence. In this episode, we got all of our correspondence from Discord. Very often, right after an episode drops, all of our followers who do uh, keep up with us over on Discord at genxgrownup.com slash Discord will jump in and post their comments and questions and criticisms and critiques right over there. Yeah, they're not shy. On the channel. They're not shy. No, they're not shy. No, no. So I've gathered up some of the, uh, the most interesting and best comments from Discord from our most recent backtrack all about Netflix. So let's start. Captain Kiwi over on Discord about the Netflix backtrack said, another masterpiece. So had Ooh. to get that one in, of course. But he said- <laughs> That means we have a previous one. We're not self-serving at all. No, 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 no. no. Well, he was guaranteed to get in, to get the comment in that way. That's so. true. <laughs> he said, I remember when Netflix was only DVDs. I thought, mail-in service? This company will never catch on. <laughs> I don't think that was an unfounded assumption. I mean, no, no that's no, exactly not. why Blockbuster didn't buy them. That's what yeah. they thought. <laughs> These knuckleheads yeah. mailing movies around the country? Nah, never gonna nice. work. Similar kind of uh, sentiment, Fat Tony over at Discord said, I remember when Blockbuster got into mail order and thinking, well, so much for Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's also what Blockbuster thought, so much for Netflix. So they thought, we've got it. Yeah. No problem. We'll do what they do. Yeah, we know two people not to take investment advice from. <laughs> there they are. Right. <laughs> it's Fat Tony and Captain Keith. <laughs> Uh, we, we'd mentioned later in that backtrack about Redbox mm-hmm. and uh, Butterspider of a Discord said, I still use Redbox pretty regularly. Interesting. Yeah. They've not gone anywhere. They're still no. ev- 
Yeah. I see them out in front of my Walgreens. I see them in. Not uh, everybody has easy streaming services to their television. So for the people who still have DVD boxes hooked up to their main TV in their living room, Redbox is a viable option for them. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, there's still that box when you walk, like there's the airlock in Walmart when you walk in the front door, but you haven't yet walked into the main store. Like you get the shopping carts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I never see anybody standing at it, but there's a box there. People must continually use it. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still see them in on the outside wall of cvs mm-hmm. okay. yeah yeah, yeah. They, they, look somebody must be using them or they'd be gone by now so clearly <laughs> butter spiders won and another was miss so over on discord she said my mom and father-in-law still use red box pretty regularly and in her area they're usually close to entrances of walgreens or a jewel grocery store yeah yeah so uh, yeah thanks all of you for commenting on the netflix backtrack uh if you want your comments uh, read here on the show you can hit us up over in discord or of course uh an email it's really easy just write us at podcast at genxgrownup.com we read every single comment or email you send in, and most of them, like those we uh, read here, will make it to the show. Yeah, especially if you start with a compliment. It, yeah, spe- that is a guaranteed way to get in. <laughs> or you can say that George is wrong. We've established that. Yeah, wow. that's true. That's true. Those two are guaranteed to be read. <laughs> this is going well. Let's get the hell on and move into the main part of the podcast, can we? Let's move along. Yeah, let's move along. Absolutely. I think that's an excellent suggestion. Let's move along into reminiscing about the Generation X mall experience right after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. We've got it. A complete life-size animated circus with exciting animals, clowns, and more displayed throughout the mall. Be sure to register to win the money-free shopping spree, coupons in all 100 stores. Make your shopping day special. See the circus and register for the shopping spree at North Shore, routes 128 and 114. As I had mentioned in the opening of the show, this is not the heyday of the shopping mall by any stretch of the imagination. Many of them are closing down, struggling to stay open. In fact, if you go to your mall today, I see a lot of storefronts that are shuttered all day long. They have yeah. those those metal grates down or they're open because somebody just bought space in a mall just to open up like a pop-up store for a little while. Many stores don't stay open for a long period of time. But if you were a Generation Xer, if you were a kid in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and you lived in an area where there was a mall, that was a hub for us. So much, in fact, that even though we've covered parts of the mall before, toy stores and arcades, we felt it deserved to backtrack itself to talk about the cultural impact the malls had on us. So why don't we first start talking talking about the rise of malls in America. Yeah, well, so I did a little bit of research to help us out here. Uh, there was a guy named Victor Gruen who came over to America in the, well, I think it was like the late 30s or early 40s, and he entered a contest to put this whole new design together, and that's what became the first layout of the very first indoor shopping mall, which is the Southdale Shopping Center in Edna, Minnesota. It opened in 1956, believe it or not. So wow, okay. it was so influential that Walt Disney himself was even quoted in an interview as saying that Gruen was his main influence for the ideas behind his design of the layout of Epcot. 
which oh, really? is we know one of those really cool places down in Disney World in Orlando. Really, that's interesting. I mean, in what way was he? Did he influence Disney? I'm sure because uh, the article didn't go into any details, but I'm pretty sure that it's all the hub and spoke design aspect, mm, right? Okay. Because if you think about a mall, you know, you've got the center of the mall. That's like where a lot of times the food court is or whatever, and then it mm, spokes yep, out, yep. and then you've got on the very <laughs> end of it, you've got the anchor store, and that's kind of the way that Epcot is designed, right? It's got that big mm-hmm. spaceship Earth in the middle, and then it spokes out into the different worlds and lands and parts of Epcot. Right. Well, like the organization of it, how you have yeah. that, that region, and then it leads you from one place to the other, so you can kind of move around there and kind of get lost in it. And, and in this case, it's worth mentioning, when we say malls, we're talking about that type of indoor promenade mall, not the strip mall where you pull up your car and park and walk in. It's that I walk in the front door and get lost inside with all of those things. You know, it's funny you mentioned, you know, Walt Disney had this influence for Epcot from malls. Often I felt as a kid when I walked into malls, it was kind of a Disney-esque feeling a little bit. And I grew up in Central Florida. Disney was a big part of my life growing up. And not so much like, oh, there's rides and stuff, but everything was brightly lit and it was mm. it was fun. There wasn't like Frontierland and Adventureland <laughs> kind of thing. There was the clothes region a little bit and there was the toy region as entertainment <laughs> kind of, you know, video games and computer games and things like that. There were areas of the mall and it felt to me kind of Disney organized. So it's funny that there was that connection already that I had that association myself. Yeah, I mean, rather than the mall being Disney-esque, it sounds like Disney is mall-esque. At mall-esque, this right. right. It's the other way around. <laughs> based on the timing. We talked about, you know, John, you said nowadays malls are kind of falling apart. They really started to grow into prominence over that 20-year period. By 1975, shopping centers accounted for 33% of all retail sales in America. Jeez. And I miss it. I really do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> One third of all sales happened in Jeez. malls. That's crazy. You're talking about retail sales, people buying cars. That's definitely not in a mall, but that's part of that figure. But 33% mm-hmm. of any kind of retail sales whatsoever, grocery shopping, everything you can think of retail, 33% happened in malls. Wow. Think about Christmas shopping back mm-hmm. when we were 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. I know I did. I went with my parents. We went to the mall and you went from store to store to store and you had bags upon bags upon on bags. I remember making a trip to the car to drop off bags to come back to do more shopping <laughs> in the mall. And I can't remember the last time I, I I can remember going to the mall and not bringing anything out lately. I just if I even found anything worth buying mm-hmm. at all, sometimes I go to the mall just to look around and go, yeah, that's what I'll buy on Amazon maybe later. And it's just kind of like just a showroom floor to see what I might buy online later. You know, and that means I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the reason that <laughs> malls are failing, but it's a sign of the times. You're not the first one to have an ill feeling about indoor shopping malls. Gruen himself had an interview in 1978 and he's mm-hmm. made it clear he did not support the direction of what we call now the modern mall. He said, I am often called the father of the shopping mall. I would like to take this opportunity to disclaim paternity once and for all. I refuse to pay alimony to those bastard developments. They destroyed our cities. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. He sounds like me. (laughs) He has some strong feelings about this. George and Mr. Gruen would get along well, right? Yes, we would. So I I think he was was talking about how it like sucked the city center into the malls Mm -hmm. and like the mom and pop stores. All the Main Street USAs. Yep. 
And this was 78. This is before even like the big box stores were doing that, how the malls right. were kind of sucking the life out of downtowns. Yeah. 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 I mean, Ugh. it still continued to grow despite his reservations. Uh, they continued to build at a rate of over a thousand malls per year. Mm, and shoot. in 1986, <laughs> Consumer Reports, for those who remember what Consumer Reports is, they named the shopping mall alongside the birth control pill antibiotics and the personal computer as one of the top 50 wonders that revolutionized the lives of consumers. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't have thought to put all those things with them all, but yeah, me too. <laughs> apparently <laughs> in that list, they all went together. Well, all of that is how we got here. And the mall is tightly and integrally intertwined with the Gen X experience. So let's talk about how Gen X is associated with the mall. So our pop culture, first of all, mm -hmm. think about all the pop culture references that are tied to malls. What about our films? Oh, <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites of all time, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Yep. The whole, whole thing in a mall. The whole movie is talking about retail consumerism, and it happens mostly in, in the mall, mall that they trap themselves in. I, yep. I love that film. Yeah, I think it was, it was a mall in Pittsburgh, of all places. When I went to college there, I think like we tried to take a trip out to visit it, but <laughs> they wouldn't let us in. It, yeah, it absolutely was. It was a real mall in Pittsburgh. I still remember the scene from the Blues Brothers when they're driving through the mall. Yeah. We just talked about that a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, look, they have everything. You know, they have everything in this mall. <laughs> right. uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that yeah. That was all about, you know, high school teenagers and everything. And mm -hmm. a lot of the scenes were centered around the Galleria, the mall there where mm -hmm. two of the girls were worked over in the fast food place. The little nerdy kid was the uh, ticket taker at the theater, you know, and the, the slimy kid who sold and scalped tickets. He kind of hustled in the mall, went around to the arcades and sold his concert tickets and everything. But everything was centered around either the high school or the mall in that movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Duffer brothers were looking to kind of invoke the 80s in Stranger Things and the majority mm -hmm. of season three of Stranger Things took place inside of that mall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the big showdown took place in the mall. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we have to mention like mall rats. I mean, come on. I mean, oh, that's, sure. Oh, of course, yeah. mall rats. Yeah. yeah if we forget I love that, somebody's the definitely... smell of commerce in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> as Brody would say. Yeah, that was Kevin Smith's second film. It's not as lauded as some of his other films, but he really enjoyed making that movie. I've seen in mm -hmm. interviews yeah. he's talked about. Uh, yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, when they bring back all the historic figures and they spend mm -hmm. all the time in the mall so they get to know, you know, local <laughs> culture. The mall at San Dimas. <laughs> Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can't forget the Twin Pines slash Lone Pines Mall, which is what kicks off and wraps up Back to the Future. Mm. Oh, right, yeah. Right, right yeah, out right. in the parking lot. It's all yeah. about the mall, right? Yeah, I've takes even up, seen yeah. a recent commercial that has like these two guys walking walking out in front of a mall facade and the mall is the Twin Pines Mall. And I'm like, see, yeah, that's right. awesome. See there? <laughs> yep. Yep. Is that connection? <laughs> and you know, doing some research, I was really surprised at like how big malls still are. Right now, there's like something like over 46,000 malls in the United States alone right now that are open and operating and mm -hmm. doing what they have to. Trying to. <laughs> yeah, do their best. Yeah. California has the most malls, go figure, Yeah, with over like 6,200. That makes sense to me. After having lived out there, they were every other block, there was a mall. There's a mall. Yeah. <laughs> and they said that over 200 million people visit malls each month. Well, let me tell you why. It's not happening here in America. I looked up some statistics as well, Mo, and hmm. out of the top 50 malls uh -huh. by a leasable gross area, you know, like land mass, whatever. Right. Right. There are only three in that top 50 that are in America. 
Everywhere else is China, the Philippines, Thailand. They have these huge, ginormous malls. I've been to one of them in the Philippines, and it's just ridiculous how big those centers are and how full they are. I mean, every time we went to that mega mall in the Philippines, it was wall-to-wall people, and every little storefront was wide open for business. There wasn't a single empty spot, unlike you come back here to (laughs) (laughs) Tallahassee, and if there's five stores open in the mall, you're shocked. Yeah, that's not the case here in the United States at all. Yeah, no. I mean, we have malls here, but when I visit one, it's, I won't say it's a ghost town, but it's a definitely a shadow of what it was that we yeah. experienced when we were kids, you it's know, kind growing of up. actually. <laughs> Some yeah, of like our biggest mall is only number seven on that list. Uh, it's the Mall of America. Everybody knows. Right. Oh, you yeah, know, the massive oh, yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. It's number seven on the list of largest malls in the world. Holy oh, cow. Yeah. There's a, a great YouTube channel that I'll shout out uh, run by a guy named Eric Pearson called Retail Archaeology. Oh, yeah. Watch a lot of those videos. For, have you? Yeah. It's a super zen kind of a <laughs> YouTube channel to watch. This guy just takes his camera. Sometimes it's a, his phone or his webcam or a, kind of a GoPro, and he will just walk around old, either dead or dying or about to die malls or shopping centers or anything that's retail, but a lot of them are malls and some of them are notable. Like you'll walk around the Lone Pine or Twin Pine mm-hmm. Mall, whatever, you know, the historic, you know, kind of scenic malls and just look at what it used to be, how it was. He does a little bit of research on them and talks about what they look like. And he'll go back to them years and years later. He'll go, you know, we last visited this one two years ago and look at it now. Or he'll go to a Kmart when it's closing down or a Best Buy or something. And he's been running this for a while. He's got over 100,000 subscribers. And he goes and documents these, what used to be pinnacles of consumerism here in the United States Mm -hmm. and watches them slowly, slowly shut down, shutter their doors. No longer a thing really that they used to be. If you're interested in this kind of thing, it's really worth watching. Actually, on that same note, I found a a website called (laughs) deadmalls.com. Oh, really? It's a group of people that just are documenting malls that have closed down and they're going through and pictures and writing about it and stuff. And it's a little like, remind me of like visiting like the Wild West old gold rush towns, you know? (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, you go there, it's like, this used to be the general store and this was like all the activity and this was like the center of everything. And now, there's a tumbleweed rolling through the, the food court. <laughs> I doubt there ever will be, but you talk about those old West gold towns. In Panama City, there used to be an amusement park. It's no longer there. But one of their featured attractions was the old West town that you would go to, and it was set up like what you're talking about. I wonder if there would ever be a day when in a theme park, there would be <laughs> mall town where you would walk. Like, this is what malls used to be. <laughs> it's like the old mall. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, you get overpriced food. That's really not very good. I mean, you can see some of the cool, the mall-specific stores, and we should talk a little bit about those, right? I mean, there were definitely stores oh, yeah, yeah, that absolutely. really made it in malls big. They may not have only been in malls, but they were definitely linked with malls more than anything else, like Babbage's. The software place. Remember that? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go to malls to buy clothes. My parents bought my clothes at Kmart. That's where I got my clothes. (laughs) There you go. We bought you 12 pairs of Husky pants. You're done for the year. (laughs) But when it's time to go to the mall, I went and went. There were types of stores I went to and computer stores, that kind of thing. Babbage's. Absolutely. Remember software, et cetera? Oh, yeah. one you would walk through. I remember Electronics Boutique. That was Mm -hmm. EB. Oh, yeah. 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 
EB Radio Shack. Now it's gone. We did a whole backtrack about Radio yeah. Shack, but they had a big presence in malls they, too. Yeah, they started off as standalone stores, but then they started graduating into malls. Right? Mm-hmm. They did. Right. Yeah. I wonder if they grew into malls, or whether that was a strategy for expansion, or whether that was a strategy to to move their footprint so it was less real estate purchase. But either way, they definitely had a huge presence in well, malls. I mean, and plus foot traffic at the time when they started going oh, into malls. Oh, foot traffic is huge. Much yeah. much well, higher in a mall than it would be in back a strip when mall. being in a mall actually got you foot traffic right. yeah that was certainly <laughs> yeah. worthwhile but yeah electronics software games and stuff like that and there wasn't a lot of video gaming really was just into software stores there wasn't like dedicated video game stores right. back then but that was where i would find my even like atari games i would find electronics boutique they had a little mm-hmm. section for mm-hmm. atari stuff over in the corner i would definitely find stuff like that there they also had the things like the toy stores that were there like kb and those sure. other people yeah you know, mm-hmm. yeah they were always yeah. big but i don't know they always seemed like they were like not as good as like the standalone toys or russes and stuff though you know they're always like i guess a smaller area so they had to have like more um yeah i mean i think it depends on which decade right in the 70s the toy store in the mall to me was was where i would go to get toys or kmart those were the two places that Mm -hmm. i would go to get toys but then later on like in the 80s it was toys r us was when uh, those things started to pop up around me and started to hear about them and wanted to go to the big box toy store but yeah i remember kb i keep remembering one like with the circus in the title but i can't remember what it was but maybe world even it could have been that yeah Yeah. i'm sure for some reason it it always seemed like kb had toys on clearance that was fine with me that was okay i didn't mind yeah i would have a bag of of clearance toys i went there first and then that was a mistake and then i'd carry that around all day because i (laughs) I still had had toys for me though the big thing like bookstores and stuff which now there's Uh, like one right basically <laughs> left after amazon came around but like b dalton's walden books you know mm-hmm, those are mm-hmm. you don't find those anywhere Spent anymore. hours looking through yeah. like uh choose your own adventure books and walden books just yep they would have the whole big shelf that would have every choose your own adventure book that was out and i would oh let me see if i can talk mom into buying this one <laughs> it was mm-hmm. so much fun going in those I, places i could spend so much time in a bookstore because there were different areas of a bookstore that you could go to so i would i would go like to the dungeon and dragons and role-playing area and look around in there and that was cool and you go to the comic book area and they would have stuff over there that was neat i, I learned the secret code you could go to the photography area because often you could find books there that had naked ladies in it that was cool. <laughs> that, that was interesting but it was photography it was it was all art, artful photos it was very cool and, and later bookstores had tchotchkes and stuff before pop yeah. vinyls and crap they would have little gadgets and toys and knickknacks and things that bookstores started to carry that was when they were trying to compete with you know the online juggernaut that was becoming a bookstore. It was growing out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Amazon has picked this up and run with it, but before they started carrying music and stuff, what about media music and records and stuff? That's like Sam Goody and Mm -hmm. Town. Those were huge in malls. Yeah. Sam Goody, Town, Camelot, Suncoast, every mall had some kind of a music inspired or entertainment inspired store. And usually a couple, more than one. They would have right, a couple yeah. that would that would fight, and you'd go and see, well, they have the new release here. Let's run down the other end and say, if they, maybe they have it. You go down well, there. That was part of the fun of the mall, right? The competing stores that might be, you know, in different parts of the mall, you'd see which one had more people going into it, and mm-hmm. that would be the one that was cool, and the other one was like the knockoff place that you might find a good deal at or something. Oh, I have one store, though, that if there's a store that epitomizes 90s mall that's gone, do you guys remember the Magic Eye stores? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, those goofy in posters. Mallrats, right? That was yeah. one of the big story, the B storyline in Mallrats. The guy couldn't see the magic eye poster. <laughs> <laughs> Just cross your eyes. No, look at the dots. Make it one dot. Make no it works. Dot. Keep looking. Yeah, work. yeah, we've even seen like at the last convention we were at, John. There was the the magic eye 3.0 or whatever the hell they wanted to call it directly yeah. across from our booth. Remember it had mm-hmm. the yeah. augmented yep. reality. We're like, well, that's not magic eye. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. The moment you arrive, something special happens at SeaTac Mall. Every one of our 106 stores and restaurants offers so much variety and with such style. A friendly, relaxed atmosphere to shop in and events on the mall every week. Start your back-to-school shopping at SeaTac Mall, where something special happens the moment you arrive. Now there's a good reason the people come back to SeaTac Mall. Well, we've started kind of detailing what the malls were like, just physically and technically, but the larger part of the mall experience, especially as kids growing up in that era, was the culture around the mm. mall. We've got to highlight what it was like as a kid, because as a kid, you had you had the neighborhood and then you had school. But boy, if you could get your parents to drop you off at the mall on the weekend, <laughs> this was a huge part of the culture of being a kid. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, probably around the age of 13 or so, that's when that started to really hit, was mm-hmm. wanting to go yeah. to the mall. And that was before I had my driver's license at 15, you know, 16. <laughs> so always having to, you know, mom, I want to go to the mall. And she'd be like, well, I don't have anything I want to buy at the mall. Okay, but can you just <laughs> drop me off? You're 13. <laughs> you can't be in the mall by yourself, you know. But, oh, I, I wanted to go to the mall. You wanted to hang out with your friends and all stuff. Day. And when, all yeah, day, please. All yeah. day. Just leave me there and pick me up when it's closing. I, I have to tell you guys that this is not necessarily a shared experience because I grew up in the city. There weren't malls. Oh, no. Oh, New York didn't have yeah. malls? Really? There was a couple, one out in Queens. There was a couple out in Jersey, but they weren't like hangout places, really. Huh. No, really. It was it, You just went there to shop and that was it. You that was it. Pretty much it. Go. Yeah. And when I, when we did go, which was pretty damn rare. Wow. Huh. How boring. Oh, I know. It's that's sad. sad. I, I missed out on all that stuff. I just, the malls were always just that thing you saw in the movies. <laughs> Honestly, like, <laughs> wow, they have a place where you just buy everything. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you relate to Stranger Things season three now? Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> you didn't have the scoops of Hoy store to go to. That's a thing. Exactly. Shame. George, yeah. we found a thing that New York City boy cannot lord over our heads. We <laughs> had it. We didn't. Yes, we got something. <laughs> That's okay. For all the big city folks,
folk out there, you know. That's right. We finally got He'll find some way to look down on us like you and your little mauling people. (laughs) You pedestrians. You're right. (laughs) Okay. If it was time to go shopping, you would first, do you want to go? Absolutely. If we're going to the mall, we want to go because (laughs) you go shopping, leave us alone. We're going to run around the mall. Even if you don't want to go shopping, please drop us off at the mall or let us ride our bikes to the mall. That was the thing. But we want to go because- we want to spend all day there because it wasn't just us. All of our friends were going to go there too. That was a hangout. That was a place you wanted to go on the yeah. weekends because you'd have cell phones. And so for me, 13 to 15, that's begging mom to let me, you know, give me a ride to the mall and everything. But 16 in Florida hit, that's when I got my driver's license. Mm-hmm. First place I went with my driver's license to the mall. Oh yeah. That was the very <laughs> first drive. Day I got my license, mom said, where are you going to go? I'm going to the mall. Get the hell out of the car and take the bus. I'm going right now. <laughs> I was ready to go. And it was because, you know, everybody who turned 16 in my group of friends, they all did the same thing. Somebody got their license that day. Everybody met at the mall that day because it was like a rite of passage almost. Well, And when you go to the mall, you're not just going one place. Like I said, when you arrive there, it's so many different things in one. You're not just walking into a store. You're walking into this enclosed place. So you don't have mm-hmm. to drive to lots of places. There are places to sit. We're going to talk a little bit about places to eat. There are places to shop. There are places to play. There are places to just to hang out around the fountain. There are places to chit chat with your friends about, hey, did you hear about such and such got in a fight after school? And oh, so yeah. It's the grapevine, right? It's like you get to find out about what was going on and the things that maybe you couldn't talk about in school. You didn't have time to talk about in school because you're in between classes, this is where you could actually spend all day. All that social stuff in between classes was concentrated into mall time because you're all together. You know, actually, from hearing the way you describe it, I kind of understand where Gruen was talking about how this took over Main Street, right? He did. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that was Main Street, right? That You kind of sound like you're describing it. You're describing like old Midtown Main Street, what that used to be, where you, know, mm-hmm. you had the soda shop, and you had this, and you had all your stores, and everything was just on that one spot, and it kind of congregated everybody. It seems like mall sort of took that they over took Main Street USA and put a roof over it. That's yeah. what mm-hmm. the indoor mall became. Interesting. And then they moved it away from Main Street and that's what killed Main Street. But I know, John, you talk about experiences, who broke up with who and everything. I re- distinctly remember one of my first how do I say it? Like romantic encounter experiences at a mall. <laughs> so Wait, it was at the mall. That's a great euphemism. Good job. No, no, it, w- it was very odd. So it was before I got my license, <laughs> I was being dropped off and picked up at the mall by my mom. Right. So I got dropped off, went to the arcade, played a bunch of games, went outside to wait for her at the designated time that she was supposed to come pick me up. And I'll never forget. I'm sitting outside. I'm 15 years old. I've got my high school gym shirt on. That's got the high school's name on it. Gym class, whatever and this group of slightly older teenagers like i think i was 14 or 15 at that point they were probably 16 or 17 or something four or five girls a couple of guys they all coming out laughing and having a good time and Mm -hmm. i'm just sitting at the designated pickup spot and this group of the girls comes over to me and they start saying oh he's so cute and all this kind of stuff and and one girl starts like putting her fingers through my hair and plants a kiss on me out of nowhere now i am sure that this was some kind of dare 
dinner that they cooked up as they were coming out of the mall. It had nothing to do with my <laughs> cuteness or anything else. Your hormones didn't care about that, though. No, no. they didn't. You were fine with it. <laughs> but yeah. from that point forward, that mall and that spot in that mall, I know exactly where that is. I know exactly where I was sitting. <laughs> and when you walk by that, you that memory triggers in you. And that's oh, the yeah. way that malls are. You go in a mall that you've been in as a child and you remember this is where this store was or this is where mm -hmm. I sat with my friends when we ate corn dogs on a stick or you know, sure. whatever oh, it yeah. was you know this yeah. is when I found out that so-and-so had broken up with so-and-so so I could go ask her out now you know all that kind of <laughs> stuff that was all in the mall when I was younger it's those little touchstones you know and you you talk Mo, a little bit about how the main street came inside and George said it just put a roof over it but it was more so for youngsters, for teens like us. I don't think it was the same experience for adults. Adults didn't care. Adults had cars and they didn't want to socialize like we did in the same kind of way that they, I don't know how to explain it. Kids are, they're going to puberty and they're they are having the socialization anxiety and they have their own, their own kind of socialization issues. The mall gave us that place where we all knew to gather and we all knew that we could be dropped off and adults were comfortable dropping us off there because I just stay inside the mall. We feel comfortable with you being there. And it was kind of our place. Adults didn't go and hang out and run around and goof off and act a fool, but we did. Mm -hmm. And we were plenty happy with that. It was totally fine. We didn't feel like we were being abandoned. We felt great. Leave us alone. We were fine here. I would say that you could term our generation as children of the mall. I mean, really. I'd agree. Yeah. I know Mo didn't because he's in New York. He was children <laughs> of the bodega, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we said that all I kept thinking was children of the corn. I'm like, well, oh, that's what you guys were. Huh? <laughs> Definitely not the same influence, but I mean, I think it, it was where we had a large part of our social upbringing, right? Mm. My parents, their social upbringing happened on what Motor, you know, Main Street USA, right? But my generation, we grew up in the malls, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. A lot of memories that I have from that era relate directly to time I spent in the malls. Yeah, it did for me. I actually had dates where the date was mm -hmm. going to the mall because yeah. there was a movie theater at the mall. So when you're a kid, what's the laziest date possible? You want to go to the movies? It's easy. <laughs> you go to the movies, that's easy, right? You want to eat? We can eat at the mall. You want to go to the movies? The movie's at the mall. You want to go to the record store? Record store's at the mall. You want to make out? There's a bench at the mall. Everything can be done at the mall of a respectable date. That can happen. Yeah. And respectable date. We should right. I did say that. that. I said respectable date. That's right. <laughs> and I, I remember having full dates that took place. I parked. The whole date happened. Got in the car and went and dropped off my date because all the entertainment was there. And plus, plus, everybody got to see, look. John's on a date. They see who you're on a date with. Right. You see other people who they're on a date with and you get to, you say, oh, I saw such and such was on a date with such and such. And we talked about that grapevine, you know, all right, well now we know they're a couple and they're a couple. It was part of that intermingling kind of socialization. So on Monday morning, you're like, hey, did you see who was uh, out on a date uh, down at the mall? That became part of that. And then when you're there on the weekends, <laughs> just like in school, the clicks that you're with in school, I think that carried over into the mall too. Oh yeah. The people you hung out with at school were definitely who you hung out with the mall. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, you were, you know, if you were the jock, you were going to hang out with your football teammates. If you were the nerds, you were going to hang out with your Dungeons and Dragons friends, you know, maybe even play a <laughs> yep. game on one of the tables in the food court and stuff because not unheard of. <laughs> it was a safe place, right? It was like you said earlier, you know, we didn't feel like it was a place where we had to look over our shoulders or anything. We could be ourselves 
hang out with our friends and do all the things that we wanted to do independently of our parents' influence. Like if you go to your house, your parents are still going to nag you, right? You guys mm-hmm. want any <laughs> chips and soda? Yeah. Unless you're George's mom, right? You want pork chops? Right. <laughs> My mom would ask everybody if they wanted tacos and then would make tacos for me. John remembers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> that's right. That's a great it's, mom. Your clicks. Absolutely. Your that core group of friends. That's who you made plans with Friday after school. All right. Are we going to the mall? Yeah, let's go. Let's meet there tomorrow at 10 a.m. right when it opens. I know that I did plenty of Atari cartridge trading at the mall. I brought Mm -hmm. a bag. We did some swapping and I wasn't meeting with the jocks. I wasn't meeting with, you know, the other groups. I was meeting with my friends who we just didn't have all the the luxury of hanging out at school to do that. You got together with those friends you wanted to hang out with at school, but couldn't. You met at the mall and spent that time there. It was great. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today, and uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Come on out, step inside. This is where the good times hide. Fox Valley, Fox Valley Center. Fashion for the family, your home, your friends for you. Food from snacks to banquets. Fun things to see and do. The weather here is perfect. The trees are always green. With my limited mall experience, <laughs> unlike you guys have, and looking at for more from like an outsider-ish kind of perspective, it seems like the food court was like super important. And am I oh, misreading absolutely. that or is that oh, the way yeah. it was? No, no, you're you're spot on. Okay. <laughs> you know, that hub and spoke thing we were talking about, the food court was absolutely the hub of the mall for mm-hmm. people my age. And, you know, anywhere from 13 on up to 20, the food court was where you could sit, hang out. You could grab the empty table, pull two tables together if you had too many friends to sit at one it was that was absolutely where you needed to hang out yeah i mean you start with the logistics so if you got dropped <laughs> off there because you couldn't drive you're stranded there now i don't i don't use stranded negatively we were happy to be stranded there that was okay but if no ride you're gonna get hungry and you're gonna eat there mm-hmm. but more importantly it's part of the social aspect let us break bread together you're gonna eat with somebody right so if you're kind of hanging out with people you know maybe you're kind of flirting with somebody you're know, like you know hey you want to you want to go with share orange julius together you want to go <laughs> there you was go get always a, a, get a ice cream 
boys table and a girls table. You're right. There were always those two separate tables. And mm-hmm. it was that weird thing, like in the karate kid movie where they had the two fire pits. <laughs> How are you going to make that bridge to go over and talk yeah. to that person? Send Let me somebody over there at them or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, food is always a bridge between people in general. And so the food court was that bridge between people. You got to hang out. It wasn't just school lunch where you're rushed and you get to pick what you want. Somebody's going to get one thing. Somebody's get something else. You get together, you sample other foods. Uh, and it was a huge part of it. Absolutely. You're right. Oh, and you want to talk about food. First oh. of all, <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about are the cookie shops. Great American Cookie Company. Oh, <laughs> used to love going up. Giant ass cookies that you always wanted for your birthday. Remember those big pie cookie things that were like 27 inches across or whatever? The big oh. soft cookies, right? Yeah. Nice, oh, yeah. yeah. You get like yep. four of them for a dollar and stuff. And if you bought six of them or a dozen, you got discounts, kind of like the quarters at the arcade machine when you would get tokens and stuff. Oh, love Great American <laughs> Cookie Company. My favorite. I know to get George for his, for his birthday now. Yeah, give me some cookies. I'm a happy man. <laughs> like, just, you get snacks all the time. I'll walk around with like Auntie Anne's pretzels you can mm-hmm. get. Yeah, those were cool. Some of these I feel like were only at food courts. Sometimes they would pop up like at airports. They're kind of like food well, courts yeah, also. And- but Let's, you know, we need to go into the mall rats genre to define the food court, right? Because apparently in mall rats, if you watch that movie, the contiguous area where all the food restaurants are located, that's supposed to be only the food court. But then Brody's thing was like, no, 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 that is uh, like something like Auntie Anne's, which is not part of the food court. It's a temporary spot for designated mid-mall snacking because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in the food court necessarily it's very it was technical. like a little kiosk mid-mall snacking yes. right yeah <laughs> Oh, man, those were so much fun. Orange Julius, John, you mentioned that was the one that it was a big thing when I was a young person. They didn't have an Orange Julius in the newer mall. It was in my older mall. So I didn't see it as much. But I remembered loving as a little kid going to Orange Julius and getting stuff at that place. You know, I never had an Orange Julius as a kid. I had it recently, like in the last five years. Mm. It's awesome. It is. <laughs> it's orange whip, orange whip, three orange whips. I mean, it's it's a dream sickle <laughs> that's melted. Yeah. It's kind of like this creamy, orangey slushy mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Oh, it's good. And they sold other stuff there as well. You know, they sold hamburgers and french fries and stuff like that. But that did they- that treat yeah. that frozen treat was it i was blinded by the the orange julius part of it that was <laughs> it, that was the best part that i tried there great there's a food court store called hot dog on a stick which yes. what do they sell well oddly enough they sell hot dog on a stick <laughs> <laughs> regular hot dog hamburgers <laughs> breaded ones like a corn dog things yep. like that but talk about truth and advertising right yeah what do we call this store i've got an idea let's just keep it simple right right <laughs> <laughs> let's just call it Hot dog on a stick. Yeah, those were really fun. Uh, and you could get all kinds of varieties of stuff. You could get, you know, uh, pizza or Japanese. Or I remember what Sarku Japan was one you could get, like a stir fry stuff. That's one of the few remaining surviving places in the food court at our, what was our newer mall Is at it? the time. Yeah. 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 And my wife and kids love that place. They still go there and get food. Wow. In addition to the ones that are unique to there, there are the common restaurants that had the weird versions inside of malls. The one that I always think about is the Taco Bell Express. It's oh. <laughs> like a Taco Bell, but there's stuff you can't get at the regular Taco Bell. Right. Or they have weird versions of stuff. Like I remember like a Taco Bell Express had tacos and burritos, but like they don't do nachos or they didn't do the seven layer burrito. That they was the do... thing, right? The Express was they had a smaller menu of yeah. a fast food restaurant, a which subset. totally blows your mind. How can you not?
not fit everything that a fast food restaurant does inside that environment. But yeah, I know, really. I think Taco Bell only has seven ingredients anyway. So what, what things can you not make? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, what could they do? I figure like the, maybe the taco salad that has the big shell or, yeah, yeah. No, that was one that I always I always went to because I was a Taco Bell nerd. I remember going to uh, the mall here in Jacksonville and like there's Sabaros there. And I remember Sabaros, when you go to the standalones, they had all sorts of Italian food, you know, ZD and all that stuff. Whereas this one mm-hmm. only had pizza. That's it. Right. Oh, it was just the pizza place. Just pizza. The one that was here in our mall, it did have the pizza stuff. They did eventually start offering like pre-made ZD and things like that. Oh, okay. And the calzones and ah. stuff. But I didn't realize, because I didn't grow up in New York, I didn't realize Sabaro was a standalone franchise first. I thought it was just a mall pizza place because there were always, there was always Ditto. a mall pizza That's place. That's what I yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and the McDonald's would sometimes, not a lot. I didn't see tons of McDonald's inside of malls, but when Here I did, it was like a McDonald's Express too. They didn't have everything. Like, I don't think you could get the McDLT at the McDonald's that was in the mall, you know, the, the special things. It didn't have the McRib that was just, it was like the old McDonald's. Like, it had cheeseburgers and fries and that kind of thing. Yeah, like Never had McDonald's milkshakes. light. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah no, no milkshakes. milkshakes which is, no milkshakes. Well, that's just like a travesty. That's normal McDonald's now with those stupid <laughs> yeah, McDonald's anyway. <laughs> machines broken all the time, but they wouldn't. Oh, yeah. machines broken. Oh, God damn so it. no McFlurry, no milkshake, no ice cream. Yeah, none of that stuff. Well, speaking of ice cream, and I don't know if this is a food court thing or maybe it's the mid-mall snacking opportunity thing. But every mall, the first place I ever heard of them in malls was Dippin' Dots. Yeah, me too. Ah. Like the, the deep frozen on was it dry ice stuff? It's really just ice cream that's flash frozen in those tiny little dots. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculously expensive. But it's the ice cream of the future. Oh, yeah. Of the future. <laughs> <laughs> you get like a quarter cup for $6.99. It's, right. oh, it's crazy expensive. It doesn't taste any better or different. It's just ice cream. As soon as it melts a little bit, it's just slushy ice cream it's, in your Yeah, it's not the flavoring. It's the texture. That's what you're buying. You're paying there. for the texture. The, the CO2 right. that created the little frozen. Mm-hmm. And pellets. That's what you're paying yep. for. But I remember those. Uh, there was always an ice cream store in the two malls here in town. But Dippin' Dots, I remember when that got popular, probably the early 80s, I think, was when I first saw it in the mall. Mm-hmm. And, and I've since seen them a lot of places. I see them like on push carts in uh, lots of museums and stores and stuff. But I first saw them in malls. Dippin' Dots, again, of the future. And yeah. Here we are in the future. And I don't see Dippin' Dots at the store. I remember them in Future World at Epcot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and now Future World is gone and Dippin' Dots are still right. around. Yeah. <laughs> now, I had read that, I didn't realize this, not in my mall, but Chick-fil-A started as a food court restaurant first. That is not true, No? Sir. What? Are you no. sure? Really? I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely positive. Okay. And let me tell you why I'm positive. I okay. went to a All private right. Christian high school here in Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. And as you know, Chick-fil-A is run by devout Christians. That's what the whole yep. family started everything on. So- our school provided most of the employees for the local Chick-fil-A's here in Tallahassee. Okay, just okay. All right. And as those kids graduated high school, they became the managers of that thing. Turns out Chick-fil-A at that point was making people take history classes of their franchise. So my friends who would get jobs at Chick-fil-A, <laughs> wow. I never did because we owned our own store and I had my own job. They would come back and they would talk about the history stuff of it. The first restaurant. It was like becoming a naturalized citizen. Like you could take a test to get a job. Right. There. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, the way that Chick-fil-A started, they had a restaurant called the Dwarf Grill no, they in didn't. Hapeville, Florida. They, no, it was not called I swear the Dwarf to God, Grill. that's what it was called. Were they grilled dwarfs? What the hell was this? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, after hot dog on a stick, I'm expecting truth in everything. Right. <laughs> it later got named Dwarf House because oh, they thought better. Dwarf Grill was inappropriate, I guess. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's much better. Yeah, and they, that's, that's better. where they invented the chicken sandwich. It was a few years later that they found, uh, like in 61, that they found those pressure fryers that they now use in every Chick-fil-A restaurant. To okay, to make their the stuff, chicken. yeah. Yep. yep. And then it was, I think, around 63 or so when they first went into malls. Okay. But the very first restaurant was in 1946. That was the Dwarf Grill. Okay. But I think it was when they changed their name to Chick-fil-A, maybe, was when they opened in food courts. Was yeah, I mean, originally it was it was Dwarf Grill, then it was Dwarf House, then it was <laughs> Dwarf sorry, House Chick-fil-A. Dwarf House Chick-fil-A. And then <laughs> when it just got Chick-fil-A name was probably that one in a mall. I'm going to just start calling them Dwarf House from now on. I think that's the I new name too, for them. actually. <laughs> I think, I think that's, that's more clever. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Get carried away. This Wednesday, the Wausau Center Mall opens with a burst of excitement. It's a new shopping center with colorful, sensational stores, a variety that seems endless, a fun place to shop. You'll find the things you like for the people you love in a bright, new atmosphere that will make your spirits soar. Get carried away. Grand opening is this Wednesday at the Wausau Center Mall. Where you find shopping's fun. Shopping's fun again. We're definitely not going to finish this podcast without talking about something that we talked about in a recent previous Backtrack podcast, and that's the Mall Arcade. Oh, yeah. For the three of us especially. I know, Mo, you didn't have malls, but you definitely had arcades. Oh, absolutely. You can relate to Mm -hmm. that part of the experience. Going to the mall, there were two places I gravitated towards, food court and the arcade. (laughs) And I probably spent more time in the arcade than I did in the food court. But kind of ping pong between them like a pong ball. Go back, get a hot dog on a stick, come back to the arcade. Go back. (laughs) Or get a dwarf on a grill. And, you know, scrounge around the food court tables for quarters that people dropped and take them back to the arcade. Yep. But I would say that other than in a place like New York, you know, big metropolitan city that maybe didn't have the same space available to it, Mm -hmm. I would say that arcades are very closely related to malls and the mall experience. They certainly were for me. I mean, I I associated the mall with arcades Mm -hmm. before I saw them popping up as their own standalone things, which they certainly did in the heyday of arcades. I saw them appearing inside of malls. They would, hey, here's an old closed down store and they would open up and there were chains, chains of arcades. It wasn't just mom and pop arcades. They were big all over the country. 
uh, Barrel of Fun. You know very, very well, George, because you yes, worked at a Barrel of Fun, right? I did. Yeah, it was uh, Barrel of Fun was owned by Namco mm-hmm. at the time. Yep. So, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and working in an arcade is obviously a different experience than playing in arcade. I started off playing in you know early days of high school, and then right after graduation, I started working in, and it's just like Kevin Smith's first movie, Clerks. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a place to buy something, you see one side of that experience but when you're working in that experience you see a completely different side of that and you're like (laughs) jesus christ that kid's got snot bubbles i hope he doesn't get any tickets i really don't want to have to touch that kid's tickets (laughs) i remember that barrel of fun because the entrance of it if you can picture if you can find a picture online maybe was that wooden circle that you walk through it was the top of the barrel you were walking into the barrel and, yep. and the floor was kind of wooden right at the entrance and it was that creaky kind of because of that wood floor <laughs> and just that sound like it was accidental but for me it was like oh that that was part of it walking through that barrel of fun creaky wooden kind of thing I loved that and it that, that meant I'm at the barrel of fun now yeah I think I mentioned it before they built you remember the little glass cabinets that all the prizes were in for the ticket games yes mm-hmm. those yeah. were constructed specifically in their size to be 10 tickets long they were the right length I remember that oh, the really? trivia you mentioned so we could start the ticket tape at the top of the counter and then rip it off at the end. That was 10 tickets. And you just boom, 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 boom. Okay. You've got 103 tickets. That was how we counted them because we didn't have oh. scales that were calibrated that well. Uh, <laughs> tilt was another one that was oh, out there quite a bit. Love tilt. Yeah. We had two of yeah. those in Tallahassee, one in each mall. They were big, Ooh. a lot of neon. I remember in tilts. Yeah. yeah. Black light, neon, the black carpets. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have a preference when you had a mall? Like which, yeah, could you go to a certain mall because it's arcade was better? than the other absolutely did you i didn't care whichever one i could get dropped off at i didn't care I go <laughs> because not all the arcades had all the games that i wanted to play so if it was yep. if i wanted to I go play dragon's layer i was going to the governor's mall because that tilt had a uh, dragon's layer machine yeah oh uh, okay no moat in new york did they ever have a timeout arcade does that ring a bell to you or was no, that just a mall one i think it must be just a mall one i'd never seen this one in person have you heard of this one george i found this one looking it up uh, i've given you a link mo i hope you'll throw it down in the show absolutely. notes for me you got to see a timeout arcade. This thing looks like something out of Logan's run. I wish we had had a timeout arcade. Wow. It, the, the art style of it, it just, it permeates the walls and everything just in the architecture. And it's one of those things like, oh, I'm sad this wasn't every single arcade. It, it looked like something out of a 70s sci-fi movie. It was that great. That looks so much cooler than my Barrel of Fun. Like Barrel of Fun, the barrel at the entrance was cool, but mm-hmm. everything after that was That's generic. great, but then it's just a regular store inside, right? Yeah. And one more, I remember Aladdin's Castle that was kind of like uh, I remember Aladdin's castle. Yeah, it, it was it was very kind of like uh, Aladdin's lamp, kind of genie, I think, a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Back to the experience of the arcade. It was part of that mall experience. Again, you went shopping, you talked to your friends, but then it was about we're here, no parents. We're going to go to the arcade together. It wasn't just that solo thing when you were there. What are we going to do together? Let's do like a competition. We would go in and do stuff together. Oh, yeah. You, you always wanted to be that kid who dominated on whatever <laughs> game in your mall arcade. That was, you know, you wanted to be the one that people would just line up quarters and you just mow them down one after the other as challenger after challenger came up to you. I wasn't that good on too many of the games. Galaga and Dragon's Lair were really about it at that point. But, oh, man, it was so much fun to just play game after game and there was that whole heated competition it was it was like what i experienced in school playing sports but in that arcade environment it was that same type of feeling you know yeah competition it must have been cool though to have like your because it's i guess more concentrated i guess since they're in malls that you go went to 
you probably knew like your friend's initials and you knew who had beaten you before. And oh yeah. That kind of thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or, or the people who you didn't know, like who is DJF? Who the hell is DJF who took my high score? <laughs> right? right. And you wanted to get it back. At these malls, the high scores meant something. They didn't just turn the machines off overnight because yep. those proprietors knew that we cared about those high scores. Mm. We would come in and drive quarter after quarter after quarter just to trying it. to beat that high score. It wasn't just, yeah, I played a little bit. It meant something to us. I think arcades, especially in malls, it was the equivalent of a bar for us, for kids. It was kind of dark, yeah, kind of loud. There was neon. Some of them sold snacks. They did, yeah. And, but it was socially acceptable because it wasn't, we weren't in there getting liquored up, but it was a little bit, it was just for us, right? right. The adults really didn't care that much. It was just kind of for kids. And it was a little alien to adults. They kind of, it was a little too loud for them. It was a little too dark and weird. Some adults felt like it was a bad influence on us, which made it even cooler to us. That's right. Even better. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) You know, it was kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. You know, that's going to lead you towards Satan worship. And, you know, the arcades, (laughs) that's going to lead you toward drugs. And we were like, ah. I don't care. I'm kicking your ass at Pac-Man, old man. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And it was okay to be left there in the mall because you had the arcade, you had your friends, you had the food court, you had the grapevine, you had all that stuff. Ultimately, became nighttime, you got picked up, but you you had that whole experience all day long. It was like, it was a concentrated social experience that you got to have with the friends you wanted, the clicks you wanted, and it made that mall so much more than a shopping center. I definitely, after going through this podcast, this backtrack, I absolutely miss that experience now. I'm like, I want to go hang out at a mall right now with my friends. And um, number one, I can't because you guys are in a different city and (laughs) number two, malls (laughs) are fucking dead in this country. So we got to fly to China (laughs) to have that same experience. And then we're not going to speak the language. Instead of dog on a stick, it's just going to be dog. (laughs) (laughs) Dwarf house is a whole new meaning there. Right. <laughs> we do dwarf on a stick. Maybe we could do that. Right. Yeah. Is that <laughs> your thing? Perhaps. <laughs> Oh, terrible. Oh, thank you for reminiscing with us on this backtrack all about the Generation X mall experience. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another backtrack, of course. Uh, Next week is the regular edition of our show. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, man. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you we all appreciate most of all, though, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. John is reading every word as we're saying them out loud. Oh, really? <laughs> Watching your mouth and your blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that cracks me up. The Generation X Mall Experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I? <laughs> I, can, I, I, well, I can only do what I can do. You broke yourself into a pause that you couldn't get out of. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Last time, at least, Mo gave me a dramatic horns at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. 
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 